Chapter 3 A large man with sloping shoulders and greasy hair covering the top halves of his ears stood behind the customer service counter in a dimly lit corner of Kmart. Boxes of returned items were stacked around and behind him. He moved and talked slowly. The line was long. Dark stains pocked the gray carpet that was only in this part of the store, I guess to make the standing easier on the knees. Three people waited in front of us, sighing at their phones, their kids, or the fluorescent lights high overhead. Periodically, they looked over their shoulders with annoyance, disbelief, and maybe a little hope on their faces, as if they knew someone existed somewhere that could come to the rescue of this plodding clerk and save us all from this interminable wait. Half the people in the sprawling store were in this line. The place felt empty. I was still shaken by the interaction with the police. Were all local police in on this magical pheromone thing? Was I a fugitive now? Nancy had also been my sister's therapist. Did that mean May was in danger of being kidnapped too? Had we been lab rats in some top-secret government experiment? I'd been texting May warnings, have you seen Nancy Devers, our old therapist? Stay away from her if she comes around. She's dangerous. May probably thought I was crazy. She was already annoyed I didn't show up with the sourdough loaves I made for her bakery, three days a week. A few of her customers, in particular, would be disappointed, and had probably already given May an earful. But they couldn't be half as upset as my customers. How had they gotten home from the winery? I was afraid to check my Yelp reviews. My business was already a car crash teetering on the edge of a cliff. This could easily be the bird that sent it plummeting to a fiery grave. I clung to the hope that refunds and a solid explanation could still save me. Kalia had passed out in the cab on the way here, but she seemed to be recovered now. She stood close to me against me and leaned in even closer to whisper so the others in line couldn't hear, we're safe here. By the Treaty of Kmart, this is neutral ground. Nancy could walk through that door right now and she couldn't touch us. The Treaty of what? This Kmart is run by mummers. Normally, our people don't get along with them, but we have an agreement with this group. They keep our most precious items safe in exchange for a little bit of our cackle almost like a bank and a safe deposit box. Our people have various cackle poisons and potions that make keeping secrets from each other nearly impossible under certain circumstances. Mummers are immune to these types of interrogations, which makes them perfect for keeping secrets. And you pay them with your magical pheromones. How does that work? We pay them with our magical pheromones. And it's complicated. Cackle expresses itself in different ways for different species. We are Mobiacs. Our cackle can do a lot of things, but at its most basic level, it holds the memories of our ancestors. That's what the mummers like about it so much. They can't make their own cackle memories, but they do have the ability to experience ours. Most of them just enjoy them like normal people would a movie. But some get addicted. Those are the dangerous ones. They'll lock you in a basement and keep you in full season for the rest of your life if they get the chance. It's a horrible, horrible existence. But these Kmart mummers are cool. Is that what Warren and Nancy are trying to do? No, they're Mobiacs like us, not mummers. I don't know what their plan is yet. 
So I'm a Mobiac now. Like the secret society? We're much more than a secret society, but yes, you've always been a Mobiac. You just didn't know it. The Mobiacs had a lodge in Eureka's old downtown, a giant Victorian mansion that lorded over the lesser Victorian mansions on the waterfront. When I was a kid, and my mom was in a manic state, she would tell me and my sisters to keep away from the lodge because we were fugitive Mobiacs and they might kidnap us. We'd always thought that was just her being crazy, but now I wasn't so sure. Despite my mom's warnings, I'd walked by the lodge many times, imagining what the inside would be like. I'd even wanted to be a Mobiac for a while. Like everybody else, I'd thought Mobiacs were members of a private club founded by artists centuries ago. Famous actors, writers, and painters visited our local lodge now and then. I'd read about their visits in the newspaper. It had all seemed so glamorous and mysterious, lodges all over the world full of interesting people with interesting ideas, all meeting in secret. It had sparked my imagination. I'd researched how to become a member on the internet, but found mostly conspiracy theories and generic advice on becoming an artist. The conspiracies had seemed so outlandish to me at the time, but now. What had my mom known then? Was the lodge just an irresistibly conspicuous target for her unhinged mind? Or was there an actual history there? I witnessed the returns of a blender, a water pistol, a Wi-Fi router, and the photographic history of the Civil War, which I noted as a potential Christmas gift for my 11-year-old niece, Emily. She loved making collages out of photographs, and I was always on the lookout for new source material for her. She burned through everything I got her so quickly, and she preferred books of photography and art over comics. The Civil War was maybe too dark a subject matter for an 11-year-old, but M was special. And that wasn't just proud uncle talk. Her collages were works of art, intricate, beautiful, and even moving. Besides, I could go through the book and remove all the photos that were too gruesome and macabre. I'd done it before. After the clerk finished processing the return of a stereo, our turn at the counter finally arrived. I'm here to pick up a package, Kalia said, and gave her full name. The clerk's eyelids shot back into his head. Of course. Immediately. He pressed a button on the microphone beside the register and spoke into the PA system for the whole store to hear. Attention, code orange at the service desk. Attention, code orange at the service desk. The phone rang and the clerk picked it up. Yes. Kalia Sinclair. Then to us, your package will be right out. Clerks emerged from down aisles, behind clothing racks, and gathered around the service desk, smiling like waiters poised to sing happy birthday. The people in line behind us looked as confused as I probably did. A woman in a pantsuit and heels, carrying a large case almost as tall as her legs stomped toward us from the back of the store. She was flanked by two men in Kmart polos. All three had bright smiles. They stopped a few feet away. The woman set down the case and a little breathless said, So nice to see you again, Miss Sinclair. Pointing an open palm at me, is this a new shaka? Yes. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. I forgot my bloom. Do you have some generic stuff I could use? Of course. The large man behind the counter produced a small bottle of maroon liquid. 
Put a drop on your skin please, Kalia said, holding the bottle out to me. No thank you, I said. They need both of our cackle as payment. It will only hurt a moment. I'm not taking any more drugs or potions or whatever the hell that is. Kalia nodded. I understand. Then she walked away. I followed. We leaving now? She ran. Hey. I tried to catch up, but she had too big a head start. When she got a dozen feet away, pain shot through me, my muscles seized, and I buckled to one knee. Then the pain was gone, and she was walking back to me, filling my body with relief. I stood. What the hell, Kalia? She walked past me and picked up the case. All of the Kmart employees had faraway looks in their eyes, and they wheezed and groaned in a way that wasn't polite in public. One of the normal people in line stepped up and began filming them with her phone, shock and disbelief on her face. As Kalia turned away, the woman in the pantsuit said, Wait! Please accept this gift of complimentary Otolith scent. She nodded to the large man behind the counter, and he produced a label-less white spray bottle. I remind you it's forbidden to use this against those of us protected by the Treaty of Kmart. Of course, Kalia said, taking the bottle. Thank you. No thank you. I've never experienced cackle like that before. I hope you keep us in mind for future business. Everyone's eyes were now on me, like they expected me to say something. Uncomfortable, I blurted out the first thing that came to mind. Throw in the photographic history of the Civil War and we'll call it even. I could add this book to the pile I'd been accumulating for him. She'd be so excited to get it. At least one good thing would come out of this day. The large man looked at the woman and she nodded. He found the book in the pile of returns and held it out. It has torn pages. That's okay, I said taking it. Much appreciated. And we walked out, Kalia with her case, me with M's book, and the lady in line still filming with her phone. I wondered what her friends on social media would think. Hashtag Kmart customer service might be trending on Twitter tonight. The parking lot was the size of two football fields, but not even a quarter of the spaces were occupied. Our cab was parked close to the front. As the driver put the case in the trunk, I said, Why is May paying a form of currency at Kmart? What kind of sadist shit are you involved in? We're not discussing this in front of a baron. A baron? I pointed to the driver. You mean him? Hey, he said. I'm not baron, darling. My swimmers are fully loaded. You, Kalia said. Gross dude, I said. Why don't you go wait in the car? He held up his hands. Okay, okay. After the car door shut, Kalia said, I'm sorry but you wouldn't take the bloom, and that was the only other way to give them the cackle they wanted. It hurt me as much as it hurt you. Really? I couldn't tell. All Mobiacs have a high pain tolerance. Whenever our cackle is spreading, it will hurt. You need to get used to it. This is starting to sound like an abusive relationship. I don't need to get used to pain. I don't need to play your weird games. Actually, you don't have a choice. 
Actually, according to you, I do. It's my turn to go somewhere, right? I want to see my sister. I'm worried about her. Nancy was her therapist too. So let's go. Kalia crossed her arms. No. No. We made that deal before I knew about your ties to Nancy. Now I know they'll be waiting for us at your sister's, or your home, or wherever else you normally go. I know some Mobiac mercenaries locally that are unknown to the Lodge. I'll send them to protect your sister and whoever else you think needs protecting. If my sister's in danger, I need to be with her. Everyone I know is in danger, so welcome to the club. This is all new to you, and I'm very sympathetic to that, but you have given zero sympathy to me in return. My best friend, my bond. Her eyes grew misty. I was murdered. You can't fathom yet the depth of that connection, but I can tell you the pain I just put you through is nothing in comparison. Her stare was intense. I'm sorry for your loss, I said, meeting her eyes. Thank you. She reached into the trunk and popped open the case. Inside it, encased in black foam, were a gold shoehorn with a gem-encrusted handle, an oil can, a fraying pocket purse, a toy boat, a candy dish, antique spectacles, a small stuffed fox, a short samurai sword, and several tiny bottles containing liquid in a variety of colors. My immediate thoughts after seeing the contents of the case seemed inappropriate to express out loud after the little moment we'd just had, but Jesus Christ! This was what we came here for? Was she starting a yard sale or something? Don't think I can't see what you're thinking, Kalia said, grabbing a bottle from the case. She gave me a sad smile. But I appreciate you holding it in. I squinted at her. Can you really see what I'm thinking? That wouldn't exactly be the craziest thing I'd experienced in the last 24 hours. She snorted. No, not without a little more ceremony than this, but I don't need that when it's plain on your face. These items are not pieces of junk. They are family totems and cackle potions. They're invaluable and might save our lives and sanity before this is over. She shook the bottle in her hand. This is Otoleth cackle. It's one of the things that started this whole thing. Our people, Mobiacs, have a sort of symbiotic relationship with Otoliths. Odalith cackle cures just about every cackle illness that can afflict a Mobiac, so when we find an Odalith we treat them like royalty in exchange for their medicine. Odalith descendants are very rare, but most lodges have at least one. A week ago, the Odalith for our lodge here in Humboldt County disappeared, along with his wife who helps harvest his cackle, but that's a longer explanation. Taken at the same time was our lodge's entire stockpile of Odalith cackle which a lot of our members rely on to treat their chronic illnesses. As marshals of the lodge, my bond, Diane and I were tasked with finding our missing Otolith couple and the stolen medicine. You can see how that turned out. But I'm not giving up. She began backing away from me. Hey. I said, stepping toward her. Again? Are you kidding me? Just stand still. Trust me. I want to show you something. Please. I always tried to see the best in people. She looked sincere. I took her word and stood there, ready to close the gap between us in an instant. She got almost a dozen feet away and stopped. Kalia.
Relax. She leaned her head back. You feel that? The top of my head buzzed and popped with mild pain. Yes. I stepped forward and the pain ceased. Kalia took the lid off the bottle and turned it upside down with her finger over the opening. I want to show you the power of Otolith cackle. One little drop. She took two quick steps back. Hey. I winced but there was no pain. She smiled. See. Yeah. I took a step away from her, then another. No pain. Are we cured? No. One drop only buys seconds of relief. But if we had eight bottles this size, four for each of us, that would be a different story. The only way to break a Mobiac bond besides death is by taking heavy doses of Otolith cackle in the first two days of the bond. We don't have enough for that. No one does, except for the people who stole the lodge's stockpile. So I'd like to present you with a choice. We can spend these next two days working together to find the missing Otolith, thereby giving ourselves the best chance at breaking our bond. Or we can waste the next two days squabbling over what we do next, thereby ensuring we'll be stuck together the rest of our lives. You seem like a nice guy but not for the rest of my life. And trust me, you don't want to be stuck with this mess the rest of yours. Pain was returning in my body like distant thunder. I stepped quickly toward Kalia until it was gone. Two days, she said. I'm asking for two days out of your life to save the rest of your life, the rest of my life. Help me find our cure. Please. What if she was right? It was only two days. I couldn't even get an appointment for an MRI in that time, in this rural county. Two days. My business was already falling apart. I'd have to explain my absence to my sister and my girlfriend, but they'd understand. Two days. The astronauts on the Apollo missions had been gone much longer than that. I imagined the rest of my life asking Kalia permission to go on vacation or to move. She'd have to go with me wherever I went long term. And I'd have to go with her. She seemed nice enough but to be thrown together like this. Naomi definitely wouldn't understand. Okay, I said. Two days.